everyone and welcome to the Racing Mentor Sponsorship Podcast. You're here with Toby Trice, whose first car was a 1990 Mark IV Ford Escort. And you're here with Jess Shanahan, who tries to collect cacti, but actually kills them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Probably random. How are you today, Jess? Yeah, I'm good. I'm really good. Thank you. How are you? I'm really good. I've had a lovely weekend. It was my nan's 80th. Um, so we had some nice celebrations as a family, which has been um, quite nice. It's quite special, obviously, a big birthday and uh, nice to actually see the family because it's not something I've done for such a long time. Yeah, I'm definitely now starting to feel that I need to go out and do some proper socialising rather than just seeing like one person at a time. <laughs> slowly getting back to normal, right? It's yeah, getting yeah uh, we're getting there. As things ease, let's hope yeah. it stays that way. Yeah, absolutely. So um, today we're going to be talking about business skills. So I know you and I agree on this, Toby, that racing drivers should be thinking like a business. So I thought that'd be a really good thing to kind of cover today because we talk about that a lot, but maybe there are some drivers out there who don't really know what that means. Yeah, I mean, I've I've started this whole process. I remember when I met you, Jess, I was like, look, I want to approach this like a business. So um, A, it's super important. And I think that if drivers can focus more a bit a bit more of a business um i think they'll have a lot of success in the future yeah absolutely so let's start by talking about why these business-minded drivers succeed so from my point of view i think it comes down to the fact that when you're acting like a business you're generally a bit more serious about what you're doing and you're kind of more consistent because if you're you know treating it as an addition to your maybe your full-time job or even your full-time job you're going to be sitting down and doing the work rather than if you're treating it more like a hobby, you're naturally going to be more relaxed about things. Yeah, for sure. And, and the way I look at things as well, Jess, is like if, for example, you're at kind of karting or club level racing where you could potentially afford to do it from your income, um, so your disposable income allows you to go to racing and that's why you got in, involved in the first place, um, taking that step to actually understand it as a business allows you to really elevate yourself for the long term because motorsport gets really expensive really quickly. Obviously, the higher up the ladder you go, you know, potentially you could be looking to raise millions a year. Um, and the earlier you can look at it like a business, the better that is for your future. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that a lot of drivers typically struggle with sponsorship. That's why we're here. But are there, you know, businesses don't tend to struggle with income. Not all of them anyway. And it's certainly, you know, you look at, that all the businesses out there, there are some that are probably making the same amount of money that you want to make uh, in a season. Some are making more, some are making less. So if you kind of switch to this business mindset, you suddenly become a business. So businesses are typically more su successful in getting income than racing drivers, right? Absolutely. That, that's kind of the way I like to think about it. And I, I do think that a lot of the the issue, and I actually posted um, about this on Instagram last week, a lot of the issues drivers have is with mindset. So if you can switch your mindset to start thinking like a business, you might um, find a bit more success if you start thinking about it that way. Yeah, and think of it, you know, this is kind of a bit of a mindset thing really, Jess, isn't it? I mean, you know, the racing driver, yourself, you are a product, um, your sponsors are your customers, um, and how do you offer you and your services to your customers and how do you make it beneficial to them? And that's the, the, the mindset change that some people sort of need to understand to actually allow themselves to think more like a business. Mm, absolutely. I think it's really beneficial for drivers to think of themselves in that way as if they're the product. 
like how do you you know if you were doing any kind of business course or you were sitting down to start your own business you'd look at your product and you'd go right what problem does this solve for the people that i want to sell it to what are the main benefits of it how's it going to change lives um and what's like the main messaging around this that's going to convince people to to buy and you can do that with yourself as a racing driver who's offering sponsorship as well and i feel like you've done this in a way toby I don't know what your kind of experiences are around how you got to that point of going, right, what problems do I solve and how, how do I sell that to people? Yeah, and I've, and I've kind of like evolved that over time as my kind of knowledge and expertise in this field has, has grown. Um, and I think the, the sort of learning process for me has just allowed me to just to evolve and adapt and, and be fresh with my, my sponsors. I think because I had that mindset right from the get-go, um, you know, I didn't want to be one of these drivers that was like, can I have some money to go racing? That's obviously the, 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 the ultimate reward for me is I get to go racing. But the, the, the very first like primary thing I remember speaking to you, Jess, back at Autosport was like, I want to make sure this works for sponsors. I want them to get a return. So yeah. I, I had a business mind straight away. So everything I've kind of planned right up to this point from the very f- first race last year until now um, I've always looked at it as a business, took my kind of, what's the right word, um, my heart away from it, if you like, mm. um, and, and put my business head into this. And, and it's it's been so successful that, you know, I'm now looking at my future as a, as a racing driver. So the importance of that is is so critical. Yeah. And I think that's another kind of important point to be made here on investing in your product yeah. um, or your business, because like even just something really simple, like getting a VA to do something small that allows you to do the big stuff um, or investing in, and I don't mean this in a, in a way because I sell courses, but investing in courses, whether they're sponsorship, whether they're personal development, whatever they are, books, anything like that, that can help you develop. Like imagine if you were starting your own business, you'd be sitting down and reading all the books on business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really important to do that as a racing driver and invest in those, those things rather than thinking, Oh, I need to keep all this money because I need to spend it on racing. And I do believe not, not because I'm a, you know, a prolific spender, but I do believe that you have to spend money to make money. You just got to work out where, where that money is best spent in order to make the most money. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, testament to you, Jess, is that I invested in myself in your courses. Um, that's allowed me to flourish in sponsorship, but at the same time, I've read other articles and read books and other courses that I've done um, and brought it all together as this one, you know, foundation of of, of my business. And um, yeah, I'm really proud that I've got it. I've actually got a, Toby Trust Racing is a company. It's a, it's a mm. thing, you know, it's not just a, I go racing and I'm a racing driver. It's actually a company and there's actually people now working for it, which is amazing. Yeah, that, and that's so cool. That's such a cool stage to to be at. And, you know, even... Like you're relatively new in your sponsorship journey, but even for for me as someone who's been running my own business for eight and a half years now, I'm still doing those courses. I'm still reading new books. I'm still learning stuff because I think personal development is really, really important and it needs to be ongoing. It's not something that has an end. Like you don't just go, right, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to read 10 books and then never read another book again. Yeah. I think just kind of direct feed it, you know, I think, the minute you stop learning you're not actually developing and you're not growing mm. and and this goes for you know in in the business world some incredible entrepreneurs that are you know um, inspirational with what they've achieved in business they're still they still learn they still read they still try and find new ways and 
um, and that keeps you different from from the next person that's on that journey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So another thing that I think uh, businesses are consistently thinking about, so businesses with clients, and I'm going to move away from the product analogy and talk about uh, the agency analogy now, because I think that maybe this um, works better when talking about you know someone that works with clients, so a racing driver that works with sponsors. I think when you're working with these clients slash sponsors, it's really, really important to think about the return on investment they're getting because this is mostly how they're going to work out how much value you're bringing. So let's go back to this analogy of a marketing agency. If you were a marketing agency and your clients paid you, let's say, £100,000 a year to market whatever that is they do, if they don't get that money back in sales or in equivalent coverage, all that kind of stuff, if they don't get that money back, they're not going to work with you again. You have failed as a marketing agency. So it frustrates me that so many drivers are happy to take money from businesses and then never never give them anything back in terms of that, that ROI. Yeah, and don't be scared of that. That's, that was a really big, bold statement, Jess. And I'm sure there's some viewers out there that go, my God, I don't want to fail. I think as long as you understand that and understanding how ROI works, which we're about to go through, there's nothing scary about it and it's, it's easy to succeed. And it's, yeah, it's a super important part of this. Yeah, so... Yeah, and it is a big, bold statement. It is scary, and I did use a very big number there. Um, (laughs) But it's actually really easy to set yourself up for success when it comes to return on investment, and you need to do it when you're negotiating your sponsorship deal. You don't need to start thinking about it halfway through because it's too late. So I always say to people, when you're negotiating a deal, ask them what success looks like because that's going to be your measurement for you know, whether or not the sponsorship deal has worked. And I, I don't know how you go about this, Toby. So you might want to share some of your experiences if it's if it's kind of similar. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm going through a proposal with a potential new sponsor right now. So we're at the point where I'm now discussing all of the ROI, the nitty gritty parts of, of the sponsorship so that they can actually understand what return they're going to get. Um, and I've done very much that. I've said to the sponsor, look, what what would success look like to you if you was happy with how this sponsorship worked? what what would you expect to get in, in return and, and I've actually put the ball in their court to find out exactly what they want mm. um, and I think having their expectations on the table and going okay well I know I can deliver that easily um, my goal then is actually to completely exceed that because I know right this is what they'll be happy with um, how can I ex- exceed that and then the return on the investment is absolutely huge um, mm. and for the sponsors that I had last season um, I did exceed their expectations and although we didn't race this year, we've actually postponed our plans to next year. Um, they're more than happy to stay with me because they understand the, the true value of what I delivered to them last year in business. And that's, that's, I, I get so excited about this part because like, I've always been one of these people that likes to help and likes to give back. And because I have these skills now in terms of the business side of the motorsport and I can give this return, I feel really confident I can give it it really excites me to see them get results. And mm. I, don't, I don't know about you, Jess, I know you get that with your, your delegates um, in, the, in the sponsorship community, but it's, it's so exciting to see something go from an idea through its development and out the other side is like, yes, we've succeeded. Yeah, this is exactly why I run uh, a content agency. I love people going, we want to do some content on this. And I'm going, yeah, but what about this? 
and we're developing an idea and at the end of it comes, you know, a beautiful piece of content that's making conversions and getting sales and all that kind of stuff is the best thing. And exactly like you say, you know, I'm teaching stuff to people and then to get messages going, you changed my life. You know, I'm, I'm now racing when I wasn't before. I've just raised six figures. All of that kind of stuff just is, is amazing. And I think this is why I love that kind of thinking outside the box thing that I do so well, yeah. because that's the first step to something really big at the other end. And that really yeah. excites me as well. Yeah. And your, your big outside of the box ideas are, are, a, are a massive statement for ROI because I think um, typically most businesses don't really expect the kind of ideas that you come up with. Um, <laughs> so do I. <laughs> no, I don't. You surprise me every time, Jess. Um, <laughs> but let's delve into kind of a bit more detail with regards to the ROI. So something that I think racing drivers need to understand when they talk to sponsors is the actual customer value that the sponsor has. So let's say, for example, um, you're looking at a luxury travel company as a, as a potential sponsor, for example, um, and an average customer might be worth to that, that company maybe a £1,000, for example, um, because you understand that customer value and you know what, that, what each customer that they get is worth you can then start looking at this kind of like sales funnel. Um, so let's say, for example, you get a media feed out where it reaches 100,000 really engaged people. Um, that's the start of the funnel. Um, if they get 10% of them sign up in terms of interest of business, then that's, that's a certain number. And then the, the smaller percentage that signs up, if, for example, let's say a couple of hundred people sign up to that particular business and they, they buy a product from them that's two hundred thousand pound let's say a sponsorship cost you fifty thousand pound to do that you've made profit for that that business um and that's a really simple structure that i kind of use just to understand a little bit of roi and um, jess i don't know if you want to elaborate a little bit more on that at all yeah so i think that's a really good approach and that's why i always tell people that when they're qualifying their sponsors so when they're having those initial conversations to see if the relationship is right if the sponsor has enough money can you help them all that kind of stuff asking what their average customer value is is really helpful because you can look at their products and a product might be let's say 50 quid but if over the lifespan of a customer they buy 10 of those products the, the average customer value isn't just that one product. It's how many products, how many add-ons, you know, if it's a car dealership, it's not just the value of the car. It's the servicing, it's the MOT, it's the parts, all of that kind of stuff. It's the future car. That's just one customer. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I think another really, like if, if you're going to dive much deeper into this, it's worth looking at metrics and KPIs for this. So metrics are, uh, I guess, like the, f the figures that something is measured by. So, for example, the metric might be website views, it might be people coming to the website, it might be conversions, it might be sales. But KPIs, key performance indicators, are the things that measure what you're doing using those metrics to see if there has been success. So um, a key performance indicator might be increase our conversion rate from 2% to 3% which might seem small, but when you're talking about like big audience numbers, that's actually a lot of money. Yeah. So have those conversations with sponsors early on so you can establish what your goal is for the season. Is it to increase that conversion rate by 1%? Is it to bring X more people through to a website or even to a store to get, you know, that 2% that conversion rate? If there's more people, again, that's more money. So same amount of people, higher conversion rate, more money, 
more people, same conversion rate, more money, or even <laughs> more people, higher conversion rate, way more money. So um, it's really good to like understand this with the business. And if, if the business has any kind of like, you know, sales or marketing savvy, and hopefully all businesses would be able to do this. If you sit down with them and say, look, let's talk metrics and KPIs just so I can make sure we're getting the best return on investment for you. Not only does that make you sound like you really want to help this business, which obviously you do, but they're going to be more inclined to kind of sit down and work this stuff out. So you've got something to measure your activity on throughout the year. So when it comes to renewal, you can say, I hit every single one of your goals and exceeded these ones. Of course they're going to sign. Whereas if you kind of go, yeah, I'll do these things. It'll be some social media and then there's this event. And then you don't really monitor what's going on. You get to the end of the season. They're like, well, we had fun at your events, but we're not actually sure if we got any return. And then you could go into that kind of awkward conversation of, well, we're not sure we want to renew. So that's why first thing that you do when you're in that negotiation stage, when you know a sponsor is interested, talk about how you can make sure that they get a return on investment. Yeah, it's it's so important. I, got, well, I really can't, I really can't push that enough. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I've taken your advice on right from the start, Jess, and um, and I've given return on investment, you know, that's that's been really key to kind of my continuation of success to keep going as a racing driver. I certainly wouldn't be having the conversations comfortably with my last year's sponsors now, because if I kind of didn't have any of that understanding or didn't even know what return I gave them, how could I go to them and say, hey guys, um, <laughs> last year went really well, did it? Um, and and you, you sound unprofessional, um, but yeah. because you've got kind of like factual things rather than opinions, you've got something you can go by and go, look, this this works, you know, this is how much potentially you've, you've earned additionally last year to your business. Um, and then once they've kind of got all that ROI done, all the other awesome stuff that they've done with you during the year, all the creative fun events and all the other stuff that they've done, it's almost like a free PTS, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, there's, uh, I mean, this maybe isn't relevant for this, uh, this episode, but something we can talk about in the future. Actually, we could go into ROI again in the future as well in much more detail, but I think keeping up communication with your sponsors throughout the season is really important. Um, I know you do this, Toby, because you're working with them all the time, but I know a lot of drivers, especially at kind of lower amounts of money, they are, they just kind of take the money and they don't run. They're doing the work. They're, you know, the stickers on the car, they're mentioning their sponsors on the podium. They're doing the odd social media post, but you actually need to tell your sponsors about this stuff and you need to check in with them and say, is there anything else I can do? Um, because again, that's going to be that, you know, added extra that's going to make them more inclined to uh, renew at the end of the season. Yeah. And, and do something really simple, like a little report at the end of the month. Um, I do a kind of little social media report that I haven't actually started yet because I'm not racing, but it's all the foundations are built ready to do it. But something I've implemented where every four weeks um, I deliver a presentation to a sponsor to talk about kind of like the monthly sort of return, what's been going on, what we're planning so that the business is always in checking exactly kind of where their investments, how their investments doing essentially. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really valuable. And, you know, even if a driver is working with a, um, a smaller sponsor, just doing a report like that every three months uh, or so might help. Um, it, it's just to show that you are doing the work because so many businesses, when they talk about racing drivers, they, they say, well, you know, we did sponsor someone, but they didn't do anything. 
so you need to tell them what you're doing because they're not going to be just stalking your social media and you know they're not certainly not going to be watching all your races especially if they're not televised so just bear that in mind that communication is really important for this and just using the the marketing agency analogy again i have catch-up calls with all of my clients um every month no matter whether we're currently working on something or not and the same with my sponsors so even sponsors that you know i'm not currently doing anything with i'm keeping up that relationship because that's that's good business so we'll just have like you know it depends who it is but some is just a quick 15 minute call uh, once a month or once every couple of months and then others if they're like active clients or active sponsors and be slightly longer but that's a, a really really vital part of this as well because you can kind of talk about what you're doing but it's also a chance to upsell so if you've got a sponsor who i don't know maybe they gave you a parts discount for this season if you ring them and say look this cool thing is happening do you want to get on board it's a good way to kind of convert them to be a monetary sponsor. So that kind of communication, don't, don't skip it. Don't, don't feel like it's too much hassle to have, you know, a couple of hours of phone calls once a month, because it could be the difference between, you know, a sponsorship deal that lapses and one that continues for your whole career. Yeah. And just to touch on that point, Jess, um, you know, how, how are they supposed to know what you're up to if you don't catch up with them? Exactly. Um, if if you've got this latest piece of, I don't know, this new event that's that's happening, that you're going to be part of the customer base at this particular event might be really valuable to that that particular sponsor, and they might be just a parts discount sponsor at the at the moment. But if you're actually going, look, this this event's happening. This is really exciting. Create a buzz and energy around it, and there could be a really good return there. They might go, do you know what? I think I need to be a bit more part of that. Um, mm. Whereas if you don't have that phone call with them, how are they supposed to know? They're not, you know. So yeah, always talking to sponsors is really important. And I think that kind of helps generate this buzz and fun around what you're up to because with with the sponsors that I'm working with and, and these new potential sponsors I'm looking to work with in 2021, right now we're planning ahead and, and talking about what events we're up to. And we've got one already planned in, in March and there's so much buzz and excitement around it and the network's growing and we're talking to new people. And it's amazing. It's so exciting to to see that evolve and before you know it you've got more potential customers and sponsors in front of you and yeah it, it all starts growing from there yeah absolutely and i think this this whole kind of being um like business minded can can benefit your pitching as well so it's not just a sponsorship relationship so i feel like if you go into a into a business into a pitch meeting where you are thinking like a marketing agency, you're going to have a lot more success. So a marketing agency doesn't go into, uh, a good marketing agency doesn't go into a pitch and say, hi, we're this marketing agency. We do this thing. This is why we're cool. And we have these nice offices. They just don't do that. They go in saying, this is the problem you have. This is how we're going to solve it. And here's some more detail. And by the way, this is who we are. And this is our, you know, our background and why we're relevant. So I think keeping that in mind, and it goes back to, you know, something that we've talked about quite a lot in don't just talk about yourself so maybe using the product analogy as a racing driver you are a product but actually you, the features of who you are and what you do is irrelevant when it comes to the benefits so the you know if you go and so let, let's talk about podcasting microphones this podcasting microphone that i have which i know is the same one you have toby 
it, what really doesn't matter is what it looks like, you know, the color of it, who it's by, that kind of stuff doesn't really matter. What really matters is, does it give me professional level sound quality? Does it work with, you know, the, the other uh, tech that I have? And how much is it going to elevate the sound quality of my podcast? And I, I think like stuff like that is way more important than, yeah, it's, it's white. It looks quite nice. Uh, it's by this company that was taken over by another company, all that kind of stuff. It's nice to know later on, but is it a professional sound quality mic? Yes, that's why I bought it. I love how you've just literally looked at your microphone and gone, I'm going to use that as an example. Yeah. I was <laughs> going it's to absolutely use, relevant. <laughs> I was going to use a car as an example, but I think that's kind of different because we do latch onto brands and we get so, as petrol heads, we get so involved in a car brand that it wasn't quite as relevant. Yeah, um, but you have to restart the day, don't you? That's, that's, a, that's what a long-term customer does. And um, a long-term sponsor does have some sort of loyalty with you because they want to support your, your journey, mm-hmm. you know, because they, they, They've got a return, but they're also part of your store at that point. Yeah. Um, but you have to think back at the reason why you bought that car and why you bought into that brand at the very start. You know, did it tick the boxes that you required when you bought you purchased that car? Mm. Um, and I think I think we lose ourselves too much in this whole kind of like our own brand loyalty of what we do as customers versus actually think back to when you very first bought that product. What were you looking for? You wasn't looking at the brand. You was going right. Is it convenient for me? Does it work for me? Um, is it going to do exactly what I need it to do? Ticks the boxes and brilliant. Then you start getting involved in that brand. Um, and then you're on that sort of brand journey, aren't you, as a customer yourself? So um, kind of, I think it was really interesting what you did there, Jess, about the the podcast microphone. Um, <laughs> I love this podcast microphone. It's, it's really lovely designed. It's I love the branding behind it. But that's not why we chose it. We chose it because of the the quality and, yeah. and how, you know, how good it is as a, as a microphone. Exactly. Um, so that's an interesting point. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, can we? Sorry, Jess. Go on. As I say, can we? Can we now talk talk about a little bit about kind of managing money? Because something that I kind of had a quite a steep learning curve with last year is um, I've I've run very small businesses before, um, but predominantly my my income it comes through wages, so it's pretty much quite straightforward to manage my money. Um, but let's talk a little bit about managing money and how we can make it convenient because potentially with sponsorship you could be raising six figures and um, possibly seven if you're in a, in a much higher sort of European or world duty um, team, et cetera. But managing money is really important because there's a lot of bills as a racing driver. There's lots of outgoings. There's lots of different people to pay and it's uh, it can be quite daunting, but let's look, talk a little bit about how to manage your money and, and why that's also important. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't think enough drivers are doing this and we'll, we'll talk a bit about tax like towards the end of this, but you need to keep records of what you're spending and what you're getting in because you have to by law in the UK and it's pretty similar the world over. Um, but just to see if what you're doing is successful, it's important just to keep a track of what you're doing. So don't just let some sponsorship money come into your bank account and then go and spend what you need on tires and fuel and driving and entry fees and that kind of thing because you might then again start spending your own money but you won't ever notice where that crossover is um so uh, i use zero and i think you do as well toby yeah i love zero so x-e-r-o it's a just some really simple accounting software 
Um, it gets kind of complicated if you're like me and you run a number of businesses, but if you're just doing this kind of one thing with a few um, sponsorship um, deals coming in, bringing you in your income, and then your usual expenses, it's really, really easy to see where you've made a profit. And I think this is, this is really key because you don't want to get to one race like to one race before the end of the season and realize that you've run out of money. Whereas if you're monitoring this, um, I feel like you can, you can keep an eye on things. So you can go, well, actually let's not test this day because I want to be able to do the, the last round or you can go, we're running out of money. Let's go and, you know, upsell to an existing sponsor or go find another one. Yeah. And, and I kind of run, I run zero. I think it's brilliant. I love, I love the software. It's really simple to use and you can categorize different expenses so you can kind of look at what you spent in different areas um but prior to zero i've got a spreadsheet of like kind of like my budget and because i've treated this as a business um i've made a kind of budget spreadsheet that that sort of highlights right what i'm going to spend in this area how much i'm going to spend in marketing how much i'm going to spend on staff um so it's not just about the the race car costs it's all the other business costs that come in um insurances and yeah, there's, a, there's an endless list of things, but because I kind of budgeted, right, I've got to raise this much money. This is how it's all broken up. This is what I budget for each element of, of this business. Um, I can then track it through zero. So I know exactly to the penny where I am against my budget. And I review mine probably probably every two or three weeks, maybe once a month at, at the very least, so that I'm always aware of the money that's in my business, um, what I'm spending it on and have I spent too much in one area or too little or, or, or am I on budget for the, the sort of season? Mm. Uh, one thing that I've seen drivers do is have a spreadsheet. You don't necessarily need fancy accounting software, um, but it does make it easier for reporting for tax. But um, a simple spreadsheet that shows your budget per round plus pre-season and post-season budget for other stuff that maybe you're doing for sponsors. To have, so like, yeah, round one, estimated cost 5,000 whatever it might be but then also put in actual cost so whether that means that you've had damage or you had to get an extra night hotel stay put in that 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 information for for actual and help you work out your budget more clearly for the following season which is going to make it much much easier to work out how much sponsorship you need to do what you need to do and also as well, when you get towards the end of the season, you might go, well, do you know what? We've got actually like 12,000 spare, maybe. Let's say that's a, that's, that would be a luxury number if you had that spare <laughs> at the end of the season. Um, but you might have that spare and you can, you can actually then sit down and go, right, we've got this much money spare now. What do you do with it? Do you mm. put that towards next year and discount your most your loyal sponsors next year? Or you could actually decide, you know what? We've had an amazing season. You could perhaps put on a big event for your sponsors to thank you as like a party, you know, post race week, post race season party, or you could put some investment back to the sponsor in terms of hiring a video content creator and getting a really professional slick video made up at the end of the season. Or there's, you know, again, you're thinking back to a business, what you can bring back to sponsors um, to enhance that return because you may have given them the return that you've kind of already planned. And this spare money now, you could actually really elevate that. So when you get in discussions for the following year, they are blown away with what you can deliver. Um, I don't know if you want to touch on anything there, Jess, but that's something that I look to do for sure. Yeah, I think at any time that you can go above and beyond for a sponsor, it's just going to strengthen that relationship. Um, because, you know, if, you, if you've hit all your goals, 
and then you do extra, well, they're going to think, well, of course we need to work together because we're going to hit goals and get all this cool stuff as well for next season. And especially if, if your goal is to have them kind of grow with you, like start in a smaller series and grow to something really big, they're going to want to continue that journey if they know that they can have the same kind of growth as they did, you know, from the first season. So I think that's really important. Definitely. So with all this talk of money, it's worth talking about tax. Not an expert here. I'm not an accountant. If you look at blog.racingmental.com, we do have an accountant from Safaris who uh, writes um, articles on this for us. The things that you need to know in the UK are you do need to think about tax. Sponsorship income is taxable. There are certain thresholds. So if you're not working a job and sponsorship's your only income, then there might be a point where you don't have to pay tax, but you still have to declare it all. There's some kind of leeway if you're under the threshold for like when you have to do that, but you do have to think about it. There is no situation where you don't have to look into this. And the earlier that you can kind of get your head around the whole tax thing, the better. I would always recommend an accountant, but I, I'm really, really bad with money. Um, so um, I, yeah, even if you just speak to an accountant for some advice on like, you know, how do I set up my business to make it most tax efficient? What do I need to do each year? All of that kind of stuff. It can really help you uh, in the long run. So um, do go and check out those uh, blog posts on blog.racingmental.com all about tax and accounting because they should at least point you in the, the right direction. And that's for the UK. If you're elsewhere in the world, then speak to someone local who knows the details. But for the most part, any sponsorship income will be taxable. Yeah, and I just want to voice that, how important that is because um, the last thing you want while you're on this amazing journey as a racing driver and succeeding as a racing driver is the the you know, revenue or the, or the tax office of your country chasing you and fine you for, for wrongdoing. It's so important to make sure that your tax is absolutely on point because it's a, a legal requirement and also it's you need to know where your funds are going for your business. So I hired a, a tax advisor from the get-go. Um, I had a meeting with him to say, right, how do I set this up properly for the foreseeable and you've also got to think of things like VAT when you start getting above the threshold, which I believe is 85,000. Don't quote me, but I think it's 85,000. And you've got to then start looking at VAT returns and all that kind of stuff. And um, for me, that's that's quite daunting at the time and quite complicated. Um, but I've hired the right person and put them in place so that I know it's looked after um, and I can concentrate on running the business. Yeah, and it's also worth mentioning that you will have to pay tax. So the money that you get in from sponsorship, don't spend it all it's complicated to work out how much you'll have to pay like at lower levels it's usually about 20 percent, but that all depends on so you're only really paying tax on your profit but i am not well versed enough in this to talk about it so go speak to a professional i can't emphasize that enough yeah i think if, if we could take anything from today yes i think that is such a such an important thing mm. um and if you haven't done so already speak to an accountant except yeah so let's talk about our driver of the week yeah so um I, I i put this racing driver forward because i've been seeing what he's been doing with his niche and he's also quite business-minded so i thought he's a, a good a good one for today so i'd like to nominate dave oldacre for for today's uh driver of the week Mostly because he uh, he works in SEO, so search engine optimization, in his uh, his day job, but he's kind of brought that into his motorsport. So, on his website, he's got some really great content on 
SEO and what you can do yourself and then content ideas and all of that kind of thing. Um, and if you want to find those blog posts, they're on daveoldacre.co.uk. And I know that this, uh, this content has actually uh, got him some attention from businesses as well. So well done, Dave, for that. That's, that's a really good way of bringing your niche into, into your racing. And I love those crossovers because suddenly you're remembering Dave for, for this content that he's doing that's slightly different to what every other racing driver is doing. I think that's really, really vital. And if you want to follow him on Instagram and other social media, he is simply Dave Oldacre. Easy. Um, so yeah, congratulations, Dave. And I'm definitely going to be diving into some more of the SEO content. I used to do SEO many, many years ago, um, but I'm proper out of touch and it changes all the time. Yeah, it's a, quite a skill SEO, I think, isn't it? Um, I, I need to look at my SEO and my, of my sort of website, et cetera. And uh, yeah, I've read a few reads of Dave's posts and it's quite interesting and fascinating to see um, how complex it is, but actually he puts it in a really good way. So congratulations this week, Dave. Yeah, awesome. So next week we are going to be talking about uh, the kind of basic uh, media training and how to feel more comfortable on camera. So uh, if you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast and you want to listen to, to that, please subscribe. And if you have time to leave a review, that would be amazing. We'd love that. But in the meantime, if you have any questions on money, on business, anything like that, please go along to the Racing Mentor Sponsorship Community on Facebook post your questions in there we've got a great community and uh, we love hearing from you guys um, so i guess until next time thank you very much and we will see you next week take care guys see you next week